You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's January 25th. President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un are expected to hold their second summit meeting in Vietnam in late February. As the summit draws near, denuclearization is likely to get most of the attention. But it's important to remember that the North Korean nuclear threat is not an isolated issue. RAND researchers have outlined a complex set of four interconnected problems on the Korean peninsula. The United States, its allies, and other powers, including China and Russia, must attend to these issues. The first problem is North Korea's rapid nuclear progress. North Korea is becoming a state with a significant arsenal, an increasing range and number of delivery systems, and a nuclear doctrine of early or even preemptive use. The second problem is North Korea's conventional artillery. This would allow the North to hold South Korean population centers hostage to a massive conventional and chemical barrage. The third problem is the potential for a massive evacuation on the peninsula. If North Korea targets Seoul with chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons, or conventional artillery, then 25 million South Koreans, 1 million Chinese, and 500,000 other foreign citizens might be in immediate danger. This could trigger mass panic and prompt a huge civilian evacuation. The fourth and final problem is the fallout of regime collapse in the North. A collapse of the Kim regime could occur with little warning and have disastrous implications, including civil war, a massive humanitarian crisis, and the potential for the theft, proliferation, and use of North Korea's weapons arsenal. RAND experts say that these four problems cannot be addressed in isolation, and failure to prepare for all four of them will increase the chance of mistakes and miscalculation, and make it more difficult to prevent future conflict. How do you hold bad actors accountable in cyberspace? That's the subject of a new RAND video hosted by mechanical engineer and science correspondent Dr. Shini Somara. She speaks with a few of our cybersecurity experts to break down this challenge. Here's a clip. We're seeing highly trained and organized groups operating on behalf of nation states. Countries around the world have invested in offensive cybersecurity capabilities. Countries which are much smaller and may not have large armies in traditional conflict may still have reasonably sized cyber armies. Which they can use offensively against more powerful countries. We have international agreements like the Geneva Conventions of what's fair and what's acceptable conduct in conflict. But don't we have anything like that in cyberspace already? Not yet. There have been proposals, though. Right, but if cyberspace is the new domain of warfare, it stands to reason that civilians should be protected. And the international community hasn't really done that yet. That's exactly right. And the problem is we haven't come to a broad understanding of basic norms of acceptable behavior in cyberspace. And that's extremely dangerous. The group goes on to discuss the cornerstone of accountability, attribution, or determining who's to blame for cyber attacks. The RAND researchers recommend creating a global organization whose sole purpose is investigating and assigning responsibility for these attacks. Claims by such an organization may be viewed as more credible, which would in turn lead to greater accountability in cyberspace. To watch the video, visit rand.org slash cyberaccountability or find us on YouTube. Yesterday, senators voted on two bills to end the partial U.S. government shutdown, one with funding for a border wall and one without. Both proposals failed to gain enough votes. And today, as the shutdown drags on, 800,000 federal employees are missing their second consecutive paycheck. 
Some of these workers are border agents and airport screeners. They're on the front lines of homeland security. According to Rand's Ryan Consul, cartels and other criminal organizations could prey on the financial hardship these workers face by trying to bribe them. Consul notes that an extremely small number of DHS officers have ever been accused of corruption, but even a small increase could compromise homeland security. He says every day the government shutdown continues gives criminals an opening to try to corrupt the DHS ranks. Artificial intelligence has succeeded in performing complex tasks in the financial sector, in healthcare, and in manufacturing. But its influence in the world of education has been limited. According to a new RAND paper, that may be changing. The paper explores three promising AI applications that could appear in the classrooms of the future. Intelligent tutoring systems, automated scoring for essays and writing assignments, and early warning systems that alert teachers when students may need additional support to stay on track. Rather than replacing teachers, these kinds of AI applications support them, helping them deliver more effective instruction. But before the promise of AI in the classroom can be realized, there are limitations and risks that must be considered. Over the last year, several alarming reports have detailed the potentially devastating impacts of climate change. These reports make it clear that sufficiently reducing greenhouse gas emissions from human activities will pose unprecedented challenges. Hard choices will have to be made. In a commentary out this week, Rand's Ben Preston and Johanna Nalau of Griffith University explained that, to make these tough choices, it's time to start thinking about climate impacts in terms of triage. Triage is a process of prioritizing actions when the need is greater than the supply of resources. It emerged on the battlefields of World War I and is widely used today in a variety of fields. Preston and Nalau explained the basic elements of putting a triage system for climate impacts into action, demonstrating the opportunity to manage climate risk around the world. But they also acknowledge a sobering reality. Not everything can be saved. Last week, the British Parliament voted overwhelmingly to reject Prime Minister Theresa May's plan to withdraw from the European Union. There are a number of alternative proposals being discussed among British lawmakers, but currently there is no clear path forward, and the deadline for leaving the EU is less than 10 weeks away. Last year, Rand conducted an analysis of eight plausible Brexit scenarios. The results showed that the UK is likely to be economically worse off under most of these scenarios. But leaving the EU without a deal would result in the greatest losses, reducing Britain's GDP by about $140 billion over 10 years. Rand is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. See you next week.